0: In this episode of the Owl's Nest Barbecue Podcast, our special guest.
1: Sitting at the local establishment, having some ice water and maybe a cold beer.
0: (laughs) I like that. I like that. What is the local establishment in Sperry, Oklahoma? Uh,
1: Not in Sperry. We have to go just uh, east of here, about 10 miles to and. We like hanging out over at PJ's in Owasso.
0: Well oh, that sounds good. I'm gonna do something else for you right now. Now, you you've got to you're gonna to have to make good on your promise to David Boskin in his interview with you. I think you can hear that, can't you? Uh, barely, yes. How about that? Oh yeah. Now you said you would sing that if you heard it and not dance to it.
2: She don't (laughs) like her age already. She thinks.
1: Few things involved. uh, Yeah, that's one of my favorite songs. We call it the wedding song over here in Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, I I tell you, that was a. I was. You know, sometimes when you uh, when you connect with somebody, there's a reason that you connect with somebody. And when I heard your interview with David, I said, well, that's that's the reason that uh, I like him so much already. He's a John Prime fan, just just like yeah. me, just like me for years and years and years. Donnie Teal from Sperry, Oklahoma. Donnie, I've got. I was trying to make you feel at home tonight, so I've got a picture on uh, behind me of your barbecue stand over in front of the. Um, I think it's the uh, what is it? Daylight Donuts in Sperry, Oklahoma.
2: Yes, sir. I've
0: got a, I've got a picture of your stand there, so um, you'll feel right at home, and the people back. People watching can kind of get a feel for your uh, your establishment there in Sperry. But, the, you know, the establishment started, gosh, I guess, what, almost 25, 26 years ago when you started in competition barbecue. Uh, go over how did, how did Donnie Teal, the electrician, installing switches and um, fixtures in homes, get to be Donnie Teal Buffalo Barbecue? and major barbecue championship winner?
1: Oh, uh, the electrical business kind of was going south, and I've always wanted to open a restaurant. And the name Buffalo come from when I worked in the oil field, a bunch of guys just called me Buffalo. And so when we got ready to start cooking, we – uh, I asked the wife, and she said, well, let's just use Buffalo, so we called it Buffalo's Barbecue, and we just kept the name when we opened the, the
0: concession trailer here in town. Because mm-hmm. I guess everybody knew you. In a small town like Sperry, Oklahoma, I guess everybody, uh, I guess once you get a nickname, you you keep that nickname for life, don't you? kind of like here in a little town I live in, in Oodawak.
1: Yeah, I, I, see, I grew up out in western Oklahoma. And, but my family's from Sperry, and there's been pretty much a Sperry kid or a till kid in Sperry school since uh, probably around the 40s, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much nonstop. We're one of the largest families in town, us, and another family called Jubies. And uh, but so all of my cousins all went to school in Sperry and my aunts and uncles and so on and so forth. I never went to Sperry school myself, but. Uh, there's always been a lot of teals in Sperry School, or relatives, or you know, close cousins. So,
0: Donnie, when I think of Oklahoma, especially years and years ago, I think of driving driving through Oklahoma and seeing um, oil wells just pumping in random places. Uh, is it is uh, it is it like that still?
1: Uh, yeah, the eastern part eastern and part of the central is there's a lot of pump jacks and stuff Mm -hmm. because there's not enough pressure to get the stuff out of the ground so they use pump jacks to get stuff up you get out western oklahoma that's where the high pressure wells are and they got enough pressure they don't have to have pump jacks and that's where the gas and and oil come from you know from the high pressure stuff out west
0: well, now, now how old were you when you were working in oil fields?
1: Uh, my dad ran a trucking outfit in Western Oklahoma and I worked there all the, pretty much all the way through high school and until December 1st, 1986. And I got laid off from Enron mm-hmm. and I was just, you know, about six, six or eight months after I'd got married and <coughs>
0: so you had to find something else yeah. to do huh well yeah. i guess if you got a uh, laid off from enron it's better than going to jail like a lot of them did <laughs> yeah. with, the, uh, with yeah. the collapse of enron i
1: left there and then went to work for Dowell slumber Jay and uh worked there for quite a few years and just got tired of coming home and my daughter not knowing who it was and and so i gave my notice and quit and we moved up to Tulsa and didn't have a job. I'd find something to do. I'd drive a truck and have mm-hmm. a CDL. And I know I'd find a job doing something. So we packed up and moved about four hours east.
0: Wow, just uh, just up and left, and without a without a job to uh, go to, but you found one. And uh, oh
1: yeah, it, it was good because ain't nothing worse coming home and seeing your daughter and she's scared of you because she don't know who you are because you're never home and my dad worked in the old field and i thought i ain't gonna raise my kid like that i just i want to be around to enjoy things with her as she grew up so.
0: i guess what is it just is it just long hours that you that they put in on those fields
1: yeah well, you know back then it wasn't nothing to work Eighty to a hundred hours a week.
2: Oh my gosh!
1: And, and you know, sometimes you wouldn't get your days off. Sometimes you would.
0: And,
1: mm-hmm. You
0: know, what not do, a lot. Donnie? What do what do they do? I mean, what do you have to do in an oil, oil? I've got I know nothing about. You know, it's it's ironic. I've owned a service station and sold gasoline for thirty six years. I don't know anything about how it comes out of the ground. What do you What do you have to What does a person have to do? When they're working in it all, field, like what did you do?
1: Well, for Dowell, we was a service company, and we did cementing, which would be on the drilling part of it. Mm-hmm. And then we have a, a stimulation crew, a frac crew that would come in on the completion side of it. And I mainly worked on the completion side, run pump trucks and blenders and in a continuous use mixer and ended up in the computer van or, you know putting in the down hole pressures and stuff that the engineers would give you and mm-hmm. stuff like that so it uh, but you'd go in and frack a well and you'd, you'd pump a, a gel down it, a slick gel and then you'd pump sand or bauxite or something in behind it depending on the downhole pressures to, of which you'd have to ease and that would create a fracture and that sand would go in there and crack that open further and then that would get the gas and stuff uh, mm-hmm. to come out So
0: and when it when it comes out of the ground where does where does where's the tank or the barrel where does it sit that it goes into because you know i always see those big pumpers those those uh, jacks going up and down, up and down, up and down, but I know the oil's got to come out of the ground somewhere, but where does it go when it, how does it, is there a, a like a, a. A lot of them
1: are tied into these other wells tied in. Everything's tied into tank batteries and separators and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and But it'll go, you know, after a frack job, they'll put a frack tank out there and they lay this flowback iron out there, which is really, really thick stuff and heavy and it'll uh it'll go in there and it's you know, you'll have a flow back hand out there and he'll check and every hour and see how much you are getting back and but eventually when it gets on the production side it'll it'll go into tank batteries and then you got pumpers that come around and they'll check the water how much water it's producing a day and how much oil and you, know, you go to the gas meter house and see how much gas it's produced and so
0: well no wonder it's 18 to 20 hours a day because it sounds like there's a whole lot to do during the day oh yeah getting that stuff clean out of the Everybody, ground it's like
1: building a cake every you know everything's got its you know you got to start out with the flour and stuff like that mm-hmm. so you know, and then add, add to your ingredients and then guy comes in on the backside and may frost the cake and that's kind of what we did is you know on the on the frack crew side of it
0: Mm -hmm. so you've been so you were working in the wells moved to tulsa drove a truck became an electrician and then you learned about something called barbecue i
2: worked at a meat plant for a few years too and
1: where we processed a custom beef plant and sold retail and
0: Oh my goodness! I, uh,
1: so I cut meat for a while, and when I well, went there, I did all the hams and turkeys and bacon, and made sausages, and plus I helped cut up beef and hogs and sheep and deer during deer season. So, so,
0: so you were of a jack of all trades. So you were like the uh, David Bosco of Sperry, Oklahoma.
1: Oh yeah. I worked over <laughs> Place called Walkie Brothers Meats, mm-hmm. and uh, but it's it was a good learning experience. You know, I mean, I'd been around some of it as a kid, you know, deer hunting, but you know, nothing on that scale of doing beef and hogs and so know, I'd do six six hundred deer in a week of gun season, and it was just crazy.
0: So, was it there you got your interest in barbecue? Well,
1: yeah, kinda. I, Always did it before. I mean,
0: what was the moment? I'm looking. I'm looking for that moment. I'm looking for the you know the the light bulb goes off in your head and, and you turn to your wife Cindy and said, "We can do this." What what is that moment?
1: Well, I, I had some friends that lived here in Sperry too, and he owned a restaurant in took His name was Mike McMillan with Max Barbecue, and Mike was one of the early guys in the 80s you know late 80s and early 90s and mike and vicky go around and all their kids and their two girls and go to contests and and always wondered i thought man how does he know about where all these contests are and so on and so forth and so i caught him one day down at the local store and i asked him i said hey how do you how do you know where to go and you know uh-huh. what town these things are in and so he told me how to become a member of KCBS and you know and you would get a little paper and we'll call it the bull sheet
2: uh-huh.
1: you know and that little paper turned into a bigger paper and so on and so forth but and so I kind of got started like that and I started got my cousins we built a homemade offset cooker and we kind of just started there and going to contest and you know, we did one contest in 95, and and then we kind of started KCBS in 96 and just kind of went from there.
0: Now, KCBS, we, uh, I guess, we, in, in 96 was kind of – I wouldn't say it's in its in it wasn't in its infancy, but it was certainly, I'm sure, different than it is now, isn't it? Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, things were a lot different. I mean, there was a lot more tents, a lot less motorhomes. Uh, toy haulers, I mean, it was more of a tent deal, you, you go put up a tent, an easy up, a lot of people back then had these pipe tents that you put together, and yep. put the gray tarps across the
2: top, mm-hmm. and,
1: you know, and that's how we started, and, you know, I go to my first cook-off, and we whip in there, and, you know, and you see all these people you read about in the bull sheet, and you're looking around, and you think, man, I just don't want to come in last. You know, that's my whole whole objective is not to, to come in dead last. And, you know, I think there was like 30-some teams there, and we finished, I think, right in the middle of the pack, 16 to 18. You know, and I thought, you know, this ain't bad. We didn't get no calls or nothing, but, you know, I thought you know, yeah. we, we, we could do okay. And we went to their second cook-off, and we get three calls bomb chicken or we'd won the whole deal, you know. Wow. And so, oh, yeah, it's your it second cook-off. Yeah, and, you
2: know,
1: we got a first-place rib and got a call on pork and a call brisket and didn't get no chicken call, and and thought, man, we're really hooked now. You know, they called our name, and I just stood there, and the wife elbows me and goes, hey, that's us. <laughs> you know, hey, go up there and get your award, and so... You know, it's met a lot of great people over the years, and you know, a lot of people always said. Uh, uh, I think Mike Davis used to say, "He goes, it's like a big family reunion, but you get to pick your family." Yeah, that's kind of what it is.
0: You know, Donnie, you're one of those guys that connect the old with the uh, new. And um, what was um, what was a contest? What was the timetable of a KCBS contest back in? 1995 and 96. Um, was it like it was today where everybody came in Friday nights or what was it like?
1: Yeah, you know, not everybody shows up at Thursday evening or early Friday morning. And Back then it was more three or four or five and six in the evening, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and show up and set up. Because back then all the cooks' meetings were pretty much eight o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, but people come in, and I mean, just pretty much the same. Other than people don't get there as early as they do nowadays, and of course, entry fees were a lot cheaper. But you know, the prize money wasn't there as much as you know it is nowadays either. And it was a lot cheaper to cook because back then, most people, were, you know, if you're cooking a choice brisket or a prime brisket, you were cutting a fat hog in the butt, and you know, mo- you know most time they just go to the store and. Find what you know. Find what you can find, and you know I got second chest to chest cook off in Great Bend, Kansas, with a twenty pound slack
2: uh-huh. in
1: second place. You know, and
0: talk about talk like about chicken different. a little People bit.
1: Didn't inject like you do nowadays. It was more of
2: a rub and go type deal. And
0: talk about chicken because I know I was listening to an interview with Ray Lempy one time, and I know you know Ray, and he said yeah. one of his first. Um, I think he said his first win at a barbecue contest was in turkey. Now, could you cook? Yeah. And I guess back then, could you, you could cook turkey as as in was it a poultry division? I've heard stories about that. That was before me. Uh-huh. Uh huh. When
1: I started, it was you know chicken or Cornish game hens. Mm hmm. That was my first you know deal with it, but they had. Other categories and stuff. and uh, But pretty much, you know, all, back in the 90s, you know, it was still kind of a thigh deal, but the breast was more of a thing. Trying mm-hmm. to do, everybody was trying to do breast. I know one team to, to this day, the only time he's ever cooked dark meat is when he has to go to the jack. The rest of the time he cooks breast. And, now, and they're very good at it, but it's just you know that breast deals a whole different dog trying to keep it moist and not dry out.
0: Yeah, because that's um, I know I know I can't do it. What it was um, did they did you cook chicken thighs then like they're cooked now in the in the butter? Is that is that something that's been with us a long time, or did and, you do it differently?
1: Uh, I have probably been doing it since '98 in the butter. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I had my Oklahoma Joe, I had a what I called a choke. And it was just a door at the back at the firebox. And my cooker was set up for convection tube. Well, I didn't like that convection tube because it's just real dirty smoke. and never could. And you'd have to build a fire to burn down the forest to get it hot enough. And so I pulled the tube out of mine and just had a hole. Mm-hmm. And uh, I could I cooked chicken back then in just a hair over thirty minutes from start to finish.
0: Well, that's and, pretty I mean, quick.
1: That butter sounded like pop. butter like popcorn <laughs> back there in that back. It was, it was it was getting after it.
0: Okay, now but let's let's morph let's morph from the first turn in protein chicken to the uh, last brisket, and I want to know and everybody this is this is no joke. I want to hear the method for the two-hour and 50-minute brisket, start to finish. Yeah.
2: It was about
1: 258. I mean, it was right under three hours. Uh, back then, I, all i do is pull the kernel off the side. And they wasn't big briskets. I ain't saying You know, they were like 12-pounders, mm-hmm. packers, and just pull the kernel off the side. And, and I'd put it on, and I'd go an hour and a half, and wrap it and then an hour and a half, you know, just a hair under an hour and a half in the fall and she was done.
0: So what what temperature did you wrap it at after an hour and a half?
1: I, I always went off color. Okay. I'm a color guy instead of poking
0: it. Okay. Uh, so when you wrapped it, did yeah, you put I anything in it? Any broth or anything?
1: Yeah, yeah I always put a little broth or something in there. Back then, the big thing was Bordelais. Mm-hmm. You know, we put Bordelais in the pool. And, yeah. And uh, we got this Bordelais out of California. And a lot of people know it today as Head Country Marinade. I don't know if it's act. I, I don't think it's an actual recipe. I'm not positive, but I think they've tried to knock it off. I don't know if they actually bought the recipe. I don't know all the details on that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, yeah, it. I'd I'd run my Joe at at 300, but depending on how I'd run that choke, is I could set stuff in the back and cool my front off, and or I'd close the choke and equal the temperature out in my pit. And so that choke and me were very good friends because I learned how to use that choke, and would well, get things rocking and rolling pretty good.
0: Because that that's incredible. I've never heard of I've never heard of anybody. Cooking a brisket was that your regular method? I mean, contest after contest was
2: yeah, I did that for a long
1: time. But my brisket scores were always good, but my pork couldn't stand the heat, mm-hmm. and I'd always bomb and pork, so I so I kind of slowed down the brisket where I could eat, be more even across the board on my scores because I don't know how many times that pork had knocked me out of a grand or a reserve. And I, you know, and I, so I just slowed it down and tried to kept, keep my brisket the same. My brisket scores would fall off a little bit, but I'd still place a little bit. And my mm-hmm. pork scores came up and which equal walking to the stage at the end instead of three or four holes before that. So yeah. That was what it was about.
0: A two hour and 58 minute brisket. You think you could still do it today? Oh Yeah. No problem.
1: <laughs> it's a little, be harder on the jambo, but, I mean, if I still had that Joe, I mean, that Joe, we, we went a lot of miles together and, and uh, won a lot of contests, and i done well with the jambo, too. But
0: and, of course, your buddy. I like my paint like pain a little better on
1: my jambo than I did my Joe. I can time.
0: imagine. Of course, your, your buddy Joe Davidson just elected to the Barbecue Hall of Fame. And that's a, yep. uh, that's a, that's uh, a, yeah, that's a huge deal. deal. Yeah. That's a huge deal. But there's a lot
1: of rules in the, in, uh, for KCBS, uh, are rules because of Joe, so. Like what? Uh, quiet time is one of
2: them.
0: <laughs> Tell me that story. <laughs> uh, Joe was notorious
1: for very loud radio uh-huh. speakers and. He was one of them, and it's late at night. You'd ask him to turn it down; and he'd just turn it up. <laughs> so, yeah, Joe. There's some of them rules in there for Joe.
0: Some, Joe rules. Somebody was somebody was talking about him in an interview I heard about um, Joe Davidson, and I think it was Ray Lampy said when he came that you knew where the party was going to be that night.
2: Now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> still that way today. He he's a
1: little slower, but he still gets her done. So yeah, Joe. He, he liked to he liked the party.
0: Well, there's there's a lot of them that like the party. I know. What um the um you you were you were on the uh, KCBS board of directors, I think, from what 2000 to 2004. Is that correct? Yes, sir. What, um what changes but to me I think I think a lot of things changed in the early 2000s of course I was not even aware that there was such a thing as a barbecue contest back then but what what things changed while you were on the board what did you maybe implement or what did you push or what did you vote for by your fellow board members that y'all tried to change some things uh, one,
1: of the, one of the things on the rules deal that I was real adamant about and it got changed was the no tolerance for turning times. Uh, we had a, two or three teams here around Tulsa that would, you know, used to it was the rep would say, if I stand out there by the table and I look down the aisle and I can see you coming, we'll take your box. Mm-hmm. Well, it was always the same teams they were waiting on in yeah. every category every weekend, and I thought, "This is bull." Yeah, uh, ain't right. You, you, you you've got to have you got to stay by your times, and you got to be punctual and be there when you need to be there, and not just dragging up two or three minutes late, and everybody that was on time, all their food, sitting
2: there and getting cool,
1: while theirs is still hot.
0: Yeah, it's not twelve thirty-five ish. Is it?
1: Yeah, I mean it, it just was the same same group in this area anyway. It mm-hmm. was the same group, two or three teams that were always just dragging, always on the back end and and that was one thing we got. You know, I went to the rules meeting at Lenexa and brung it up and we got that changed. Uh, we changed a thing when we was on the board and it wasn't very popular at the time and it still ain't probably with a lot of people, was we changed them from, because back then they started at nine and they had to find something to judge down. Mm -hmm. So we put a deal in where they had to start at a six and go up or down from a six. Well, then everybody said, well, KCBS is broke, don't want to buy any more 180 pins and yada, yada, yada. And, And so we went through that.
0: So y'all were trying to, so y'all were trying to dictate the way the scores were, were were or the judges were trained.
1: Yeah, I mean it was because back then it was a nine eight and a nine eight system, and we had umpteen million ties. Mm-hmm. And uh, and back then the place, you know, a lot of contests only paid five places. Well, you have a six or seven way tie you got two people are leaving there has the same scores first place, but they didn't leave with any money or a trophy. Yeah. You know, and the, the ties just got way. I mean, when you're having ties for grand and reserve and, and it's just, and you know, people are getting knocked at, you know, where the money's a lot bigger. I mean, the complaints coming into the board were just crazy. You know, people wanting, you know, and so that's what we did. We, you know, and you can't please everybody. We at the time we thought that was the way to go, and that's what we did. And we got some back. I mean, <clears throat> I don't care what you do, you're going to get backlash
2: because mm-hmm.
1: you can't please everybody. So that's just part of the game of saying you want to be on the board.
0: Well, it's, it's it's good that you served on the board, and um, I think if everybody took a turn on the board, it'd have a lot different. Uh, a view of what goes on behind the scenes at a barbecue yeah, contest I mean, it's,
1: it's a lot i mean there's a lot that goes on that people don't oh yeah you know, they just take for granted and mm-hmm. it's, there's a lot more to it you know ain't nobody there i don't think that just want to flip it upside down but i mean everybody's got you know with that many board members you got lots of different opinions so
0: all right, Donnie. Now now we're, we're 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 cooking contest. I guess you're staying mostly where Oklahoma, a little bit of Texas, Missouri maybe around in that area? Yeah.
1: Yeah, or I mean, well, back then we cooked Oklahoma, Kansas, Missouri, a uh, few in Texas, cooked some IBCAs, cooked mm-hmm. a lot of non sanctioned stuff around Tulsa. Uh uh that was about it for several years, just mainly them, them areas.
0: Yeah. Okay. Now, let's roll. You're, you're cooking, you're cooking, you're cooking. Then all of a sudden, around 2008, 2009, 2010, this guy named John Marcus comes along, and he taps Ray Lampe on the shoulder. He taps Myron Mixon. Uh, he's He's tapping people, and he's doing – He's got Chris Lilley in his stable, and he's doing these uh, barbecue all-star series that don't do that great, but he comes back with another another series of barbecue competitions, and and then all of a sudden, bam, uh, uh, barbecue pitmasters debuts, and all of a sudden the rush of people into the barbecue sport is enormous. Tell me how that affected you, and tell me how you dealt with that as a competitor.
2: I thought it was great. I mean,
1: anytime you can get barbecue on TV, it's it's only good for everybody involved. So, I mean, John did a great job of, of elevating, if you want to call it a sport or whatever you want to call it, elevating it to, you know, to... The mass memberships, Mm -hmm. more people involved. I mean, the TV deal is—I mean it's just crazy how it exploded and people got into the barbecue scene, and and a lot of people's, you know, made it their life now too. So
2: you know, so that's all good.
0: Yeah, did you see? Did you see an increase when you went to contest? Were you amazed at? The new faces you were seeing, the new, the new rigs that you were seeing, and all of a sudden the, uh, the wagyu briskets. Tell me, tell me about when the wagyu briskets showed up on the scene.
1: Well, I was probably one of the later ones to ever try them. Just I was always too tight to buy them. So, mm-hmm. but when you start getting beat by them every weekend, it's either join the kids on the playground or stand over in the corner and. I got tired of getting them whipped on, so it was time to get on the playground with the rest of them. Uh, it was, you know, a lot of new, a lot of new things. When I first got into barbecue, what I really liked about it, and I, I mean I still like it, mm-hmm. back then it was, it ain't the guy that drove the big fancy bus. I mean, we had a few people that did back then. It it didn't matter what you cooked on as long as you knew how it cooked. Mm -hmm. And all he said I like is because it don't matter where you come from, what you do, how much money you got, you can still compete. You know? You're right. There's a a story about this. I went to a cook-off in Springfield, Missouri one year. And... uh, there's a guy a lot of people know his name's Snell he's an old man, wears bib overalls kind of got the ZZ top, beard, and, you know, hangs down mm-hmm. and I was across the aisle from Snell <clears throat> and there's two or three of these young guys come walking by you know, probably 25 at the most 26 and they're chuckling and laughing at Snell it made me mad And
0: uh, they were just. I
1: said, uh, said, don't be laughing. He goes, well, look at this guy's old rusty barrels he's cooking on. These cans look like trash cans. Uh (laughs) You won't be laughing on Saturday. Yeah. That old man's going to whip your butt. (laughs) And, uh, you know, they they yow yowed me. And I said, don't ever laugh at what somebody's cooking Uh on or what they got or don't got. I says, everybody's cooking on, speak for themselves. So we go to the wards the next day, and these three young guys, they never even got out of their chair, and Snell walks three times. Uh, I think Snell ended up third or fourth overall. And and, uh, so after the contest, I walked by, and I said, and they go, you was right. I said, yeah. Yep. I said, that old man knows how to cook. I said, don't laugh at him just because he's got rusty cans or something. I said that old man's been around a long time and he knows what he's doing.
0: Yeah the, the judges have no idea what you cook on. That's a fact. You know, the, the, the cooks don't the cooks don't judge the food. the judges judge the food and there's a you know it, it amazes me even even today when you go to a comp, there's there's still a, a good cross section of people that are um, you, you know they still cook in tents. Uh, they, they're bringing their um, you know their small offsets. Uh, you know, like a beginner series, but um, I like to—I love seeing those guys out there because I was, you know, just seven short years ago I was that guy. We had a, we my my friend and I we bought a, um, we went and bought a uh, offset that. Um, I mean, it leaked like the Exxon Valdez. It wouldn't—you couldn't get it up to two hundred and fifty degrees if you had to, unless you burnt the forest down yeah. inside of it. And uh, I mean, it was tough. It was tough cooking on that thing, and uh, you know that was in the days when we were putting our pork butts and briskets on at eleven at night, hoping they'd be ready, by you know, by by turning the next day, and uh, yep. and you know we just but we, we went to the competitions, and of course with the help of on online instruction now you can uh, you can get such a um, a lesson in barbecue, gosh, for free. Just by going on to the uh, the different sites that there are, and uh, but but it wasn't like that when you came up, uh, Donnie. Where did you where did you gather your information at?
1: School of hard knocks, pretty much. is Eat a lot of mistakes.
0: And yeah.
1: Bring some bourbon, and sit around <laughs> Friday night, and, and give them overcooked some bourbon, and hopefully their lips would get loose a little bit. And, kind of remember some stuff and weed out the bs and you know try try to implement it here and there and see if it worked i mean i was because there wasn't a lot of classes or, you know the, the barbecue form wasn't going yet hardly mm-hmm. i mean it was uh the the old bourbon and sat around and talk. you know late at night and set up with them guys and hopefully you get something you could try or go with or you know, somebody leaves
2: something
0: setting out. Donnie, when you were when you were starting, who was who would you consider the uh the the, the superstar um, like uh like nowadays it's uh Travis Clark, Darren Worth, Tim Shear, those guys, they're the uh they're the, the best cooks on the planet right now as far as competition. When you started, who were the who were the rock stars of barbecue? Other than Donnie Teal when, when he got when he when he got enough information. Well, you had back then you had to get
2: around smoking in the boys' room. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: Richard and Lynn Council. Uh, Ted and Donna with PDT. Bart Clark, back then it was double C ended up being Twin Oaks. Uh, Paul Shoddy with head country, mm-hmm. Danny Head with head country, Joe Davidson, Mike McMillan with Max. Uh, and then you had Jeff and Joy with Slaughterhouse Five uh, I'm trying to think of the other guys Scratchfield out of Kansas City I mean all them guys were meatheads were good, beer bait and barbecue I mean it was just you know and if you go down south, go to Texas, you know you had Jerry King, Trigg Back then, Old Farts, uh, Bill Myers, a bunch of them guys down there, Bo Hunk, Jamie Gear. I mean, it was just, you know, things ain't changed none. It's just the groups changed. Yeah. You know, and it's, you know, everybody has their time on the surf until the, the surf starts running out.
0: You know, the the first so time you ride as long as you can, nah, it won't last forever. Absolutely. First time I heard of you was on Barbecue Pitmasters when they were doing a one of those quick um, interviews with um, Jamie Gear. I think he was, it was in the the New York I think the uh, New York State of Q episode where he started naming the people that cook on Jambo Pits and I think he mentioned you second. And um, of course my my interest in in barbecue pitmasters is is well known. And, uh, you know, I scrambled around to find out who Donnie Teal was, did a little research and found out who you were years ago. And, um, what was it when you, when you heard Jamie mention you on that show, because anytime in those days when they was under the first run, if anybody was mentioned, they became, they became barbecue famous. Did, did people reach out to you and want to know about your jambo and how did you get that Jambo when you after you've been cooking on a uh, Oklahoma Joe?
1: Well, uh, the reaching out, yeah, kinda I mean, you know I had to do the little film shooting send pictures in where they could put it on Pitmaster. Mm-hmm. Jamie had got a hold of me and then the producer of the show got a hold of me. and uh, but the Jambo, how I ended up with the Jambo is kind of a long story. Uh, Jamie was always af- after me Hey, you need to cook on one of them, my pits one of them. you know every time I'd see him you need to cook on one of my pits on, you know um, I just didn't have the money and uh, you know and they were a lot cheaper back then than they are now and uh, so I started saving money and I was going to get me one and so I called Jamie I said alright I'm ready I'm ready to go I ain't going to build no more pits. I'm bass fishing. And anybody knows Jamie very well. Back then, he'd jump from one thing, he'd go bass fishing, then he'd build a pit or two, or he'd bass fish and not build any pits, and then he'd build a few here. Then he'd get rid of bass fishing, and he'd start building pits again. Mm -hmm. So, well, he said he ain't going to build no pits. He was bass fishing. So I got with uh, Roger Davidson, Joe Davidson's brother, which owns Horizon. And told him what I wanted to refurbish my pit. And i take it over there to get sandblasted. I told him I want to pick this trailer up raw. And I hooked it back over here to Sperry with it before it got wet. And drew any moisture and had a paint guy ready to go and mm-hmm. started putting primer on it. Anyway, I put a candy mandarin paint job on it and took the fenders down, had them chromed and... Put them on and then took the trailer back over and Roger and them mounted the Joe back on and
2: Mm -hmm. put me a new
1: firebox on because mine was getting thin and get it all done and dolled out, put lights underneath, all, all kinds of stuff, all stainless stuff here on tables and stainless steel fish cooker to heat up water, you know, all this stuff. I get it back and I had it back maybe a month Jamie calls me. I I am ready to build pit. I, <laughs> I ain't got no money, now. <laughs> I, said, I spent all my money. <laughs> all I my so I was teaching a barbecue class, and uh guy asked me, <laughs> I'd like to buy your pit. And I kind of thought to myself, I thought, do I really want to sell that? Because I, I mean, I was on a roll, I was winning a ton. And I thought, let's be my way to get a jambo. And I spouted out a price. I thought the guy'd run backwards. Mm -hmm. You could buy a brand new one for less, you know. But I had a lot in it. I mean, I had a nice paint job. Yeah. Chrome, you know. And next words out of his mouth was, "Who do I make the check to?" And I thought, dang, did I underprice it? You know. (laughs) And. uh, I took like 200 bucks out of my pocket and bought me a Jambo. That's how much I sold that pit for. Now, you
0: still and, uh, you still cook on a Jambo?
1: Yep, same Jambo, that I, my first Jambo that I bought.
0: The same, same you know, one. Just,
1: it's on a second color now. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: it, uh, but I, I sold that, and I told the guy, I said, I got two cook-offs paid for, and I need to finish the year out on. And he said, oh, that's fine. Go ahead. Well, I had one grand at the last two cook-offs on the pit and come home Saturday evening, unloaded everything, washed it all up good, chammied it, took it over to the guy's house. And this guy's passed away now, but took it over and backed it in the shop and I jumped out and talking to him, I said, well, I'm going to have to have a little more cash for this thing now, so it's got two more wins under its belt. <laughs> and this guy's wife, she went off and started cursing me like a sailor now and i said ma'am ma'am i'm just kidding i'm just kidding I'm not. and she just kept on and her husband goes honey he's just kidding he's just creating and oh. then she really got mad because we i said
2: that it was just <laughs> dope and then she was embarrassed but then she really was fired up
0: well you, you so, the only reason was you missed the first part of that conversation when when they were in the house and she started with, you bought a what for how much?
2: <laughs> no, she was at the class.
0: So oh, okay. Was, so she was on board. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, she was there
1: when the check was wrote. But, but when I told her I needed to... Wow. Where
0: do you find a wife like that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, that's now Joe has that pit. He yeah. bought it from her after her husband passed away.
0: So... um so, you're so Donnie Teal barbecue is your life. You work, uh, you have a, a carryout establishment there in Sperry. Um, and you work by yourself, don't you?
1: Yeah, other than from about a little after four in the evening until I close, if I don't run out of food and the wife gets home her regular job, mm-hmm. comes up, helps me.
0: And what do you cook on? What do you cook the food on? In, on the uh, – on on the trailer, I can't. Is that a uh, is that an old hickory? An old hickory, yeah.
2: Old hickory, ELED.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, that's that's uh, a that's a big that's a huge cooker too. Matter of fact.
1: Yeah, it it a, it cooks some meat.
0: Yeah, and, um, do, and you do the you do you, you cook all the sides, Donnie, and and get the barbecue ready and everything by yourself.
1: Yeah, I do. I do everything. I just uh, I'm small, so. Most of the time, I've got to go pick everything up.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't
1: get anything delivered. So I get cook cooker running in the mornings, and I'm running around going to different places to pick up whatever I need to pick up. And, yeah. And.
0: Uh, did you ever have any – Did you when you first started, did you try to have some help?
1: No, no. I didn't want to – I'm one of them, to, I'd rather do it. Because by the time you depend on help, they don't show up. And, mm-hmm. and uh, plus, if I want to close up shop, I don't need somebody to, depending on a paycheck yeah. that, you know, needs to work. And I'm closing and headed to a barbecue contest or, or you know, going to go catch a couple contests in two weeks and be gone
2: for a week. And, yeah. So.
0: Yeah, you can, you can do what you want. And, and I, I tell you what, as a small business owner... I admire that, because uh, there's been many times when um, when I've been getting ready to go to a comp on a Friday and I wanted to leave at 12. Something comes up, and you you don't leave till 2:30 or 3, and then you go from having plenty of time to uh, man, I hope I, I hope I have enough time, and it's a it's a very right. fr it's a very frustrating you know feeling. But you got you know you got to you got to take care of customers and you got to take care of people, and you and you and it just falls under the header. You do what you got to do. What um so you're about what now? 50 years old? Uh 53. 53. What's the future hold for Donnie Teal? I mean, you're a young man and you got you got plenty of uh competition years. I mean, gosh, you've got plenty of competition years left. Are you going to uh and I know, you know, I know you just you had one last weekend. I think you finished what 11th. And it was out of like sixty-five teams, a huge contest. How did that go? By the way,
2: did everything run well, smoothly? I mean, yeah,
1: they, they did a good job. I mean, when, you know, at turn in you had to wear a mask and mm-hmm. and uh, wipe your boxes down. Yeah. And, and uh, but yeah, everything went real well. I was kind of skeptical, not on anybody's part, other than. My thing was, is all these businesses just got to reopen. Now you're closing off their main street on a Friday and a Saturday, and these people—oh oh, yeah. you they can't make any money to speak of. And I thought that might be the entire great deal of the whole deal. But the business—I never heard anybody complain,
2: yeah—that
1: that I know of. So
0: yeah, um, did you ever cook any uh, MBN in Memphis in May?
1: I've never have. I've been to one or two and, yeah. You know, they got them joint ones now with KCBS and, but I've been to Memphis and May once and watched that.
2: Just mm-hmm. kinda of
1: walked around. I've always wanted to go and hang out in somebody's yeah. camp, do dishes or something, and just kinda of take it in, but Yeah. I'm not a big enough BS or to do that as, <laughs> as far as the on site deal. You know, he got he got
0: they just announced he got called off today. I seen that. Yeah um that's a shame too That's a that's i've never i've never been to one i've only i cooked one one nbn event one time and we didn't know what we were doing and our scores uh were exactly what we expected <laughs> um it was a good good thing for that brownie troop but we didn't finish last <laughs> um what um what's what's the next contest this uh coming up short term
1: out of kansas to be the weekend after the fourth mm-hmm. cross our fingers anyway it's, it's still a go as of now yeah never know what's going to happen with it, everything that's going on in the world
0: so what about what about future competition you're gonna you just gonna keep keep you know doing it like you're doing it um you're you gonna change anything or any plans to change anything at the uh, barbecue uh, establishment that you're running
1: Keep everything pretty simple.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not a big change guy. If stuff's working, just keep on
0: plugging away. So. Well, Donnie, I tell you what, I you you just thrilled me to death by talking with me this afternoon, and um, it's been a been you've been on my wish list for a very very long time. I appreciate your your courtesy, and I appreciate your professionalism, and um, I wish you nothing but luck. And uh, I know who my nomination is going to be. Uh, for the next uh, barbecue Hall of Fame uh, when it when it comes time to start the nominations, because uh, somebody like yourself who has uh, literally been in barbecue all his adult life and has has uh, given back to the barbecue community through serving on the board, philanthropy, uh, information, uh, certainly deserves uh, to be on the in the Hall of Fame but really deserves to at least have a nomination. And uh, I know I'm going to try to do everything I can to get you on that list. Because, sir, I'm going to tell you something, Donna, you deserve it. And uh, I think there's a whole lot of people out there that probably agree with me.
1: Well, I appreciate that. I really do. So,
0: Well, maybe our paths will cross someday at a competition. I sure hope so. And um, Oh, yeah. And maybe we'll sit back on um, Friday night. and We can open up that uh, bottle of bourbon and put on some uh, – Put on the uh, uh, put on a John Prine album. Let me ask you one one question: If you could only listen to one John Prine album for the rest of your life, which one would it be?
1: Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of good ones. I, I mainly anymore. I just listen to, you know, Spotify yeah. or Pandora. So, yeah. Uh, but my, one of my favorites is. Is, is uh the wedding song? So yep, what I call the wedding song.
0: That that's the duets album.
1: Yeah, with Aristobent. Yep.
0: Well, mine is mine is Sweet yeah, Revenge. Mine like is mine is. With
1: uh Mac
0: Wiseman too. Uh huh. Mine's Sweet Revenge. Know. That's the one I would I couldn't I couldn't live without. This is his uh is his second album. That's my it's my all time favorite. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I and mean, he just, the corona got him.
0: So. Well, they said that's what it was, but I don't know if you saw him, Donnie. He was in pretty bad condition, bless his heart. He'd been sick. I, I was on uh,
1: David Qualls because he books the entertainment for the one of the casinos here in Oklahoma, and I was always on him about trying to get John. Mm-hmm. And he uh, he said after he won them Grammys, his price yeah was really elevated. Yeah, you know, he didn't think he could get him. You know, before they could make any money off of it.
0: When you start winning Grammys and they start putting you on the the CBS Sunday Morning News, your stock goes up pretty good.
1: Yeah, that's that's the Ray Lampy deal there. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you know the. <laughs> <laughs> I hope somebody sends him a copy of this. He'll get a kick out of that. He's a he's a good one. That's for sure. Donnie, thank you so much. I appreciate you. you. Let's stay in touch, okay? All right, we'll do. Thank you. You betcha. Thank you. Donnie Teal, everybody from Sperry, Oklahoma. If you're ever in Sperry, Oklahoma, and you get a chance to go by the uh, Donut D- Delight Donuts, uh, the barbecue trailer right out in front is uh, Donnie Teal. And uh, you won't you will not be disappointed, I know, when David Bosca's son, uh, Levi, started the uh, butcher barbecue uh barbecue stand in uh, chandler oklahoma uh they went to uh, donnie's place to get some advice and to eat some food and uh and i know levi was very impressed you can hear you can hear david's interview with donnie on spotify on podcast uh, it's it's great it's a great interview david david does a good job everybody thank you so much thank you so much for listening i appreciate it don't forget we're brought to you by michelin tires The best thing you can do is ride on Michelin tires for your car and your family. Don't accept anything less. We're also brought to you by Butcher Barbecue and all the products from the Butcher Barbecue family. David Bosca does a great job of innovation, taste, and making sure that we all have what we need for our barbecue in the backyard and in competition. And, of course, also Green Mountain Grills bringing you this part of the Owl's Nest Barbecue Show Green Mountain Grills, a pellet smoker, easy to use, dependable. You don't have to worry about if it's going to work or not. It works, I assure you. You can see those at my place, the Owl's Nest Barbecue Store in Ultawa. Uh Stay with us next uh, next Thursday. We're going to have another show for you. I'm not sure who we're going to have on yet. We're working on it. But uh, I, I, I assure you that'll be somebody that you will enjoy. Just like I do. Everybody, thank you so much. Thank you, Donnie Teal. And until next Thursday night, everyone, good night and good luck.
2: She don't like her eggs all running.